This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Tonight, as we're looking here at chapter 1 in 1 Timothy, I want to focus in on Paul's use of this phrase because we're going to see it and similar phrases repeatedly that have that have the same meaning. Um, If you look at the before I read and I'm going to go back and read this whole section, but if you look at the very end of verse 10, you see the little phrase there, sound doctrine. He gives this this list of sinful things. And then describes them as being contrary to sound doctrine. Well, that word sound there means healthy. Healthy. So there's, there's, and of course the word doctrine is just a, it means teaching. Just simply teaching. <clears throat> so there is teaching or instruction or doctrine that is healthy, which means there is, by implication, and of course he's going to say so here, uh, not just imply, but means also opposing that there is teaching that is unhealthy. So you've got healthy doctrine and unhealthy doctrine, and it's, and it's sort of like eating food. Um, if you get on a good diet of healthy food, um, not that I speak from experience, but but what I've heard is if you get if you get on a good diet of healthy food, <laughs> then uh, you know unless unless something like uh, cancer or something like that strikes unexpectedly, you'll be relatively healthy. Uh, well, doctrine's the same way. Teaching, uh, if it, we need as a church to be on a good diet of healthy teaching, and of course that. That comes from the Word of God. In other words, that, that is the content. Um, Leslie made me a steak earlier, so uh, that's kind of unusual for us to have steak and potatoes, uh, um, but that's, that's, that's real food. That's, that's good stuff. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, chicken nuggets at Wendy's or something. It's, it's good. That's good, healthy food. Well... We need a diet of good, healthy doctrine, which means we've got to really be on the lookout for all the unhealthy stuff and uh, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't, I guess you could say, don't dine on unhealthy doctrine. This, this is stuff for the garbage can. Or for the dog or the cat or whatever. This is doctrine you want to throw out. This is what Paul is warning against here in his writing to Timothy. All right, now, before I read this section in chapter 1, just for a moment, let's go back to chapter 3, verse 15, which I'll be doing often, uh, more than likely. We've already done it a bunch of times. Um, If I am delayed, 1 Timothy 3, 15, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. 
Now, here is the verse that really sums up Paul's message here. Why, in other words, why is he writing? He says, I write, and we've gone over this and over this, I write so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. But look at the last part of that, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, we've talked about that some as well. It's, it's the responsibility, the role of the church to hold forth the truth. Now, there, I realize when I say this in here, it may sound a little silly, but I guarantee you, you get out on the street, it's not so silly. There, there is such thing as truth, objective Objective truth. It's it's uh, can be known, <laughs> can can be studied. There is objective truth. That's what we have in the scripture. Now I say that because in our society, like I say, in here that may sound a little silly to even mention it, but in our society, uh, this is a huge problem, and 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 this kind of thinking creeps into the church, uh, and sometimes without us realizing it, we kind of adopt some of the thinking of the world. Um, but in, in our society, uh, there is a, a growing uh, idea that there's no such thing as absolute, objective truth. And we live in a time of what's called relativism. And everybody just kind of goes their own way. It's sort of like the book of Judges, where every man did what was right in his own eyes. Everybody just goes their own way and does their own thing. And, 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 and today we use this kind of language. We, we say, well, this, this is good for me. This is, this is therefore true for me, and it's what I like. But, you know, something else may be your reality. Something else may be true for you. When the Scripture talks about truth, it, it, it doesn't have that kind of idea at all. It's talking about something specific, something objective, Something that's true not only for Paul and Jesus and Timothy, but something that's true for me and something that's true for you. It, it, it has a bearing on all of us. Well, this is what Paul is defending here and what he's instructing Timothy to defend. The truth. Sound Doctrine. It's the responsibility of the church to hold forth the truth, stand for the truth, hold it out there, put it out there, proclaim the truth, make known the truth, live the truth. It, it, this is the church's role in the world. We are people of the truth, or at least we should be. Now, let me read. Uh, I'm going to begin in verse one again. I'm pretty much going to focus on verses three through six, but. But uh, I'm going to read down through verse 11, beginning in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope, to Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, Remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables, endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love 
from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of, fa- for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Okay. Um, And that's why I wanted to read through verse 11, because there he kind of sums up his, uh, or or ends, brings his sentence to an end, his thought to an end. Uh, We're talking about false doctrine, what what he's warning Timothy about, what he's, what he's, Instructing Timothy to put a stop to is false doctrine, which is opposed to the sound doctrine, verse 10, which is our healthy, healthy doctrine, which is according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God or the blessed God or the happy God. The word there means happy. I love love that. The the happy God. (laughs) Sound doctrine. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So, so Paul's saying that gospel, which was committed to my trust, which is healthy teaching, according to the glorious gospel, that gospel, which was committed to my trust. He's saying, Timothy, what, what you need to teach and what you need to tell others to teach is what lines up with This, what was committed to me, this message of the glorious gospel, this healthy doctrine. And uh, he's not just instructing him and others to teach it, but he's saying, put a stop to those who are teaching something else. So that takes me back to verse 3. The commandment, the commandment, verse 3. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some, and that word is, uh, can be translated command, and that's why I was using the word there. In fact, it, it is translated commandment in, uh, uh, commandment in verse 5. Here's the verb form, verse 3. Command some or charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So here's the command. Paul is urging Timothy to take this command to Others, false teachers, teachers that that have uh, infiltrated the church, probably came up in the church, which is what uh, Paul himself told the elders of Ephesus would would happen. In uh, in Acts chapter 20, Paul says, take this command to them, that is, you command them that they teach no other doctrine. So there's there's the command. You're not to teach any other doctrine. Same word used in verse 10 where he, where he uses the phrase sound doctrine, healthy doctrine. 
So, so we've got a contrast here between uh, different teaching and healthy teaching. Health, the healthy teaching is the standard. So, so anything that doesn't line up with that is a different teaching, a teaching of another kind. That's what the word means in, in, uh, in verse 3. It's actually translated as a phrase. Uh, in the New King James, it reads this way at the end of verse 3. Here's the command that they teach no other doctrine. Now that, that phrase, they teach no other doctrine, is one word in the Greek. And it's a, it's a uh, uh, compound word. Uh, uh, the word hetero, which means different, like we use the term, for example, uh, uh, heterodoxy or, or, or uh, heterosexual, two different sexes. The word means different. So it's a compound word here, hetero and didasco, which means to teach. Different teaching. It's, it's teaching of another kind. Different teaching from the standard, which is healthy teaching, verse 10. So Paul is uh, charging them to teach the healthy doctrine and to put a stop to the unhealthy doctrine. That, that's the command. Timothy, you command them that they teach or that they do not teach a different teaching than what you've received from me and what I've received from God. That's, that's basically what he's saying in verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So he's saying any gospel that is different, any gospel that, that is other than what I received, I being Paul, any gospel that is other than what I received, other, other than what was committed to my trust, he says that is a... A, a different kind of teaching. It's of a different kind. And he says, put a stop to it. Put a stop to it. There's, there's one gospel. Let me, give, let me show you another place where uh, Paul uses that same kind of language. Flip over for a moment. Hold your place here, but flip, flip over to a moment, uh, for a moment to Galatians chapter 1. And if you are... Familiar with the book of Galatians, you know that this was the the problem here. They 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 were led astray by uh, by false teachers. And by the way, Paul, you might say, well, and we'll get into this more as we go. But you might say, well, well, what is this? Healthy doctrine. What's the sound doctrine? Well, he doesn't say it like in a sentence, like, okay, here, this is the sound doctrine, you know, and then, and then lay it out or in a sentence or in a paragraph or whatever. But he's talking it all the way through. Uh, in, in, uh, and and I'm, I am getting to Galatians, so don't, uh, don't think I lost my place here. But in the first few verses of Timothy, when he, when he uh, says, I, I was... I'm an apostle by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. He's already starting to hint at, uh, not so subtly, the true doctrine, the healthy doctrine, that Jesus Christ is our hope. 
that God is our Savior. Same thing here in Galatians. If you look at his, uh, his address, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor from, through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He's, he goes right into talking about the gospel. Who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. You see what he's doing? And this is just his greeting. And he's preaching the gospel. He's talking, talking about Jesus giving himself for our sins. He's, he's right up front. He's hitting them with the truth. This is the healthy doctrine. This is the true gospel that Paul would say was committed to me. And he already goes, starts going into that before he begins to address the error. Well, he did the same thing in Timothy. And, and as we go along in Timothy, you will, we will see that more and more. He, he keeps bringing uh, the healthy stuff out and putting it on the table. As he's addressing the, the error, as, as he's saying, that's not good for you, maybe... maybe uh, uh, like I might do with uh, Jordan or something, I I, I take the uh, what do you call those things, uh, Skittles or something like that, and, and I start saying M&Ms, but I like M&Ms, so I don't want to pick on them too much. But I don't like Skittles, and so I would say that's bad for you, and I would take the Skittles away. And as I'm doing that, you know, I might slip some broccoli out there or something like that, you know. <laughs> And say, now this is good for you. And uh, or for me, if I don't want to be hypocritical, I, I have to use something like turnip greens. I like turnip greens. I, I, I don't like broccoli. So, But I still tell her it's good for her because that's what they tell me. So I guess it's true. Um, but as you're pointing out, you know, don't eat that. Don't, don't do that. That's bad for you. Um, you, want, you want to give them direction on which way to go. Here, here's what you should eat. This, this is good for you. Here, have some of the, Have some greens. Have some steak. Well, that's what Paul does. He, he's addressing the error that is taking place in Ephesus. And as he's doing that the whole time, he is, he is unfolding the truth. Unpacking it. Somewhat like uh, uh, J.I. Packer uh, years ago wrote a book called Knowing God. And if you've never read it, you need to read that book. And, and if you don't uh, know where to get it, let me know. I'll get you a copy. Um, it, it's a great book. And J.I. Packer was asked uh, by someone, why did you not, and it's like a great book, and he just goes all through you know, who God is and what it means to know God. And he was asked by someone, why did you not include a chapter on the sovereignty of God? Someone who obviously knew J.I. Packer is strong on that point. You know, he believes in the sovereignty of God. They said, it's a great book, but there's no chapter on the sovereignty of God. Why didn't you include a chapter on the sovereignty of God? And Packer responded by saying, well, when I eat... He said, I don't have my main courses 
you know, the steak and the potato or whatever, and then eat my salt. He said, I, I put the salt all over it. I saturate it with the salt and then eat it that way. In other words, what he was saying is the, sovereign, the doctrine of the sovereignty of God is all through that book. He doesn't have a chapter on it, but it's all through all of the other chapters. That's what Paul does here with, with the truth of the gospel. He's, he's saturating his teaching with sound teaching, with what sound teaching is. All right, and back to Galatians for a moment here. And we were talking about the other or different gospel. Same thing's happening here. Verse 6, Paul says to the Galatians, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a hetero, different gospel. Again, that word's important because it's not just... um, A different kind of the same thing. The word implies a different nature. It's of another kind, which he will go on to say, which is this is not a gospel at all. It's a false gospel. A different gospel is a false gospel. There's not another true gospel. There's one true gospel. So when you see that phrase, different gospel or other doctrine, it's a reference to false doctrine or false gospel. So Paul says to the Galatians, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. There's another injection of truth right, right there. Called you in the grace of Christ to a hetero, a different gospel. Verse 7, which is not another that is, as I just said, it's really not, a, it's really not good news at all. It's, it's false good news. It's a counterfeit. Verse 7, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Again, this is the same thing Paul's warning Timothy about, or actually in, in uh, the case with Timothy, he's instructing Timothy on how to deal with it, how to put a stop to it. Uh, there are some who want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And listen, listen to what Paul says here in verse 8 and 9. And, and, and listen to how, how strong this is, how, how strongly he makes this point. Verse 8. But even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to, to you, let him be accursed, anathema, damned is what the word means. It's pretty strong, isn't it? He's saying, someone comes to you, they're preaching another gospel. Let them be accursed. If an angel from heaven comes preaching another gospel, Paul says, let him be accursed. Paul says, if I come preaching another gospel... Let me be accursed. Let's read it again, and then I'm going to go ahead and read verse 9. And you'll see how emphatic Paul is. But even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be 
accursed. Paul's pretty serious about this. And he is with Timothy too. In fact, this word command in 1 Timothy 1.3 is a strong word. He's not saying suggest to them that they don't teach any other doctrine. He's saying you command them. You command them that they teach no other doctrine. Or that they do not teach a different doctrine than what you have received from me. That which is according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. In verse 4, he says, and he's still, this is still part of the command. You command them that they don't teach any other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on the, the fables and endless genealogies because Paul doesn't give us the details uh, of what exactly. Uh, I mean, he's talking about some of the erroneous teaching. But he doesn't give us the details of uh, what kind of fables were they teaching and believing and putting their trust in. What kind of fables, myths, were they misleading the people at Ephesus with? He doesn't say. What about the genealogies? What exactly is he talking about there? Well, uh, again, he doesn't say. He he does make his point about uh, what should be happening instead, though, when he contrasts it with godly edification. Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification. So, in other words, he's saying this is what should be happening. They should be teaching sound doctrine, which causes or brings about godly edification, which is in faith. The church holds forth the truth, believes the truth, proclaims the truth, stands on the truth, and if, if we do that like we're supposed to do that, it, it, it has an a edifying effect. It, it builds us up in love. The, the truth and telling the truth is a loving, well, it's, it's an act of love. It's a loving thing. Verse 5. Now, the purpose, and I'll, I'll have to close with this one. Uh, we, we had the commandment. Here's the command. You charge, you command some, whoever's doing this, that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Verse 5. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love. From a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. All healthy teaching motivated by love from a pure heart and sincere faith. That's as opposed to believing myths and getting entangled with disputes about genealogies and unprofitable questions. He says, stick with the healthy diet, sound doctrine, in love, from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and sincere faith. Genuine faith in Christ. From which some, verse 6, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk. And that's... 
a reference back and a reference forward. I think it's a reference back to uh, verse 4, fables. In other words, what were they talking about? Well, fables, myths, endless genealogies, disputes over meaningless things. And it's also a a look forward. Uh, Some have strayed... uh, have turned aside to idle talk, and then he goes into some explanation about how some are teaching the law. Again, uh, much like what what we see in uh, in the book of Galatians. And Paul is warning against these false teachers and this false doctrine, which is, like I say, we don't know the specifics of it, but we know this. It's anything contrary to the truth that we have in the Scripture. It's anything contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just simple, sincere faith in Christ. Christ who has done it all. So, we, we, don't, we don't need myths. <laughs> we, we don't have to put a lot of stock in uh, genealogies. Um, We don't need to keep the law in order to be saved or in order to maintain our salvation. He's going to go on to talk about that. What what we need is to trust Christ. And just again, a real quick reference to uh, uh, what he said in Galatians. This is the gospel that we're talking about. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. That's healthy doctrine, sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which Paul says was committed to my trust. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gospel truth. Lord, we thank you for the truth that we are justified, not by our works, but by the work of Christ, by his righteousness, his righteousness put to our account. Lord, we thank you for justification by faith alone. Thank you for that truth in Christ alone. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's all your work. Lord, we're just to trust in you for it all. Lord, we pray for discernment, especially in this uh, day in which we live where there, uh, there's so much opposition to the truth. Uh, Father, and I guess that has always been the case. Lord, give us discernment, uh, give us wisdom, so that we may truly stand for gospel truth, in gospel truth, and Lord, that we may faithfully proclaim gospel truth without perversion for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. 
Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.